0: Welcome, y'all, to the Black Hoof Saloon, a Wild West Exodus podcast. Mosey on up to the bar and get yourself a bottle of fire water or a glass of sarsaparilla and listen to some good old yarns about adventures of law dogs, outlaws, and weird creatures. So set a spell, water your ride or your rider, and get ready to tune up your posses. This is the Black Hoof Saloon.
1: Howdy howdy cowpokes and welcome to the saloon glad you can make it back This is Eric here and I am with my host we have down in Texas we have Brian
2: Yeah my name is Brian Powell Uh, many of you know me as Jedi Powell and Happy to hear from you guys again here at the Black Hoof Saloon
1: and we also have Tommy with us say hello Tom hey what's up this is Tom all right you guys made it to episode 2. We made it to episode 2. Once again, this podcast, Black of Saloon, is a podcast where we talk about the skirmish miniature game, Wild West Exodus. To start off the show, I kind of wanted to come out and thank everybody that kind of supported us and found our first episode on whether it was Podbean, that's where I f- first uploaded the Podcast, and then we got on iTunes. And yeah, I, I just from all three of us, we want to thank everybody that you know liked or shared or made some kind of comment on Facebook or the Podbean or something like that. It really means a lot to us that you guys are digging the podcast. And like many of you, the three of us are just avid, you know gamers for this game we love this game we like talking about it hence podcast and we really are dug deep into the game
2: yeah it's real encouraging to to see you guys you know cheer us on and start asking us questions and you know hey when's the next episode so it definitely encourages us to you know push forward and uh, bring you episode two yep it was definitely a little energizing to see that so thanks everyone
1: I think when it comes down to it, i kind of uh, surprised that there's people that actually want to listen to us Three Stooges talk about <laughs> this game. Well, see, I understand because I can listen to people talk about Wild, Wild,
2: Wild, Wild, Wild West Exodus like all the time, so it's not that surprising because I would listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> i just reach back here and pat myself on the back. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, if you hear a thumping sound, that's what that is.
1: <laughs> well, what have what have we all been up to? Um Brian, what have you been up to in the world of Wild West Exodus lately? Have you been gaming, uh doing demos, uh uh as as we're talking I can see that you're actually building more Stuff to, to <laughs> right. add to your table. <laughs> <laughs> so since since the last podcast,
2: I did a small uh, convention outside of Houston. Did a bunch of demos. There was a uh, couple weeks later, we had a tournament at uh, Space Cadets out there in the, at the Woodlands. Thanks to Brian McMeans, he's really you know building a good community up in that way. He's also where uh, I've been ordering my new Wild West Exodus goodies through him and uh, picked up uh four for the wild west exodus war cradle building set so i've got me a jail um i've got the metalsmith i've got the doctor's shack and i've got the uh the cartwright the uh, iron horse you know garage basically and uh a uh, side note uh, that these uh burnt mdf uh buildings <laughs> actually carry a pretty good smell in the hobby area of burnt wood you know it's 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 a trade-off but it's uh, it's been kind of nice i also got a new box of deadly seven uh outlaws and that's actually what i'm building now i'm building the third model in the set i suggest everyone you know cut all the a's build that model cut all the b's build that model so you don't get your parts mixed up and the third model is uh, the Arrow Guy. I'm, I'm kind of rusty on the name of that one, but uh, anyone know the name of that one? that Deadly Seven? Uh, uh, sure I don't know. You called him the Sea Guy. Yeah, <laughs> because I didn't remember <laughs> what his number is. His name is. <laughs> He's the Indian with the bow, uh, flaming bow. I don't remember his name. I'm looking it up <laughs> right now, because now I'm intrigued. <laughs> We're definitely going to, uh, you know, make sure that's, uh, all
1: edited right. Oh, oh yeah. That's the beauty of podcasting. <laughs>
2: Black blood. Yeah. I'm in the middle of building model
1: C. Uh, in the you got when the, the box they... in front of you. <laughs> what? Now I do. <laughs> uh, okay. You beat me to it. So Brian, you're saying basically too, the, uh, with your all your new town that you basically have, that you don't, you don't need potpourri in the room anymore. You just do the MDF smell.
2: Uh, no need for potpourri if you buy some of these sets. It will bring a very masculine, you know, uh, campfire smell to your hobby need. area. You know,
1: <laughs> potpourri's for the wife's bathroom, right? That's right. <laughs> Although
2: I hear. Popery is also this spray that you can, uh, you know, omit those type of toilet
1: smells from your bathroom. <laughs> I don't think uh, it's called popery though. <laughs> it's <laughs> popery. <Potpourri. laughs> yes, it. All right, Tom. What have you been working on lately? Uh, we're in the middle of lacrosse and soccer
3: season in my house with three kids, so I'm not working on anything till June. Okay. So... You've,
1: been, you, you've been studying though, right? I've been reading. I have been studying.
3: I've been I've been reading and studying and getting all the rules down and figuring out how to make lists and uh, that's about all that I've had time for hobby wise.
2: Uh, well, that's good because I think we're talking about lists today.
3: We are. I I, <laughs> I I was given a homework assignment last time. Said get you know told to get on the ball. So, so here I am.
1: Well, I've been. Uh running events at my my local store grognards we've been running events every two weeks, and the last since the last podcast, I think I've had two events. I unfortunately been regulated to doing demos, so I haven't really got an actual game game, so to say in for myself, so i've been kind of introducing the game a lot to. Uh, some new players in the local area that have just discovered the game. One of the guys was always interested, but just never kind of dove in. So he just dove in, and uh, yeah, I've been just trying to get you know a little uh, a crew together that you know a regular crew to come to the events, and uh, we have a we have a pretty good turnout of different factions so there's i don't think we have any duplicate factions that people are playing uh well actually i take that back one we have two guys that are playing warrior nation but beyond that uh just been kind of doing my build thing not much time for actually putting paint on them just been trying to show the game off to people
2: Yeah, oh, and uh, shout out to Todd at Grognarts. You know, he's done an amazing job of supporting Wild West out there
1: in your area. Yeah, uh, we just had recently Adepticon, and he had quite a few uh, blisters and stuff that he ended up bringing from the store for his booth at Adepticon, and he was, I think he was just a couple booths away from War Cradles. They were situated pretty nice that, uh, that, like, if if Daz couldn't find uh, what somebody wanted in their booth, Grognards was right down the way, and, you know, so they could, people that attended Adepticon could hit both booths and walk, you know, go home happy getting all the, the plastic crack that they wanted. So, you mentioned, Brian, what we're talking yep. about today, so why don't we go uh, right into our main topic. We're, today, we're going to talk about uh, posse building. So, let's go ahead and go into our first main topic. All right.
3: So, um, what we did was we had spoken to each other trying to figure out what to do next, and we uh, decided to have a little bit of a list building challenge. Uh, where we each took different types of lists and put something together we'll talk about them and talk about how we put them together uh, what goes into list building and uh, you know the different kinds of lists you can have you know what are the three types that we did i I, I got the easiest one apparently because I'm I'm the remedial child in this group so uh, <laughs> I got the, the, the plain old uh, regular old theme posse uh,
2: what are you working on there Brian yeah so, there are two two basic types of posse that you can design. You have theme uh-huh. posse's like you mentioned, but then they also have each faction has a faction posse. So it's like a standard posse that any of the bosses can take. And then of course, theme posse's are built around a boss. the The design or the posse build that I'm going to be discussing uh, a bit later is going to be a two boss themed posse. So it's going to be two bosses that also then brings several slots worth of models into it. So it's a 1500 build to lawman bosses. And uh, I'll go into more details about that when we get to Mount
1: Tern. And then I got the joy of doing the crazy list. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, it's something that a lot of people I think don't realize you can do is that you can take a posse list. That's nothing but bosses so so I, I did the crazy one, and uh, we'll talk about these a little bit more as uh, what we want to do is kind of just cover posse building. How does it work? When we were talking about this, Brian mentioned that this is actually, especially for newcomers, it, it's one of the most asked things of how do you do this on the forums on facebook this question always pops up even for people that have played the game sometimes it can be tricky i mean posse building list building it's very similar to any other game like you know warhammer or you know whatever other miniature game where you're putting a list together of different types of units and these lists have Either restrictions, or they may have a benefit if you put a certain unit or model in it. Uh, so it's very similar to that. It, it's once you kind of understand it, I think all you guys will be running with it. So let's describe basically how the the posse. Uh, they actually have a diagram that you can see in the rule book of how you would fill this out, and it's basically right. it looks like gun chambers. So there's slots that you would fill in with these like I said, these certain units. But where you start with is you basically start with your your boss. So whatever faction you pick, most factions have multiple bosses that you can pick from. So I gotta find the picture because (laughs) I'm I'm staring right at it. Right. So the 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 biggest change from
2: you know the first version of Baldessari's, of and now the second edition with War Cradle is army building is centered around bosses narratively. So the whole concept is everything is based around the bosses, and they're likely to bring foot soldiers or faces. So it's very linked to the narration of a game. Say you're you're going to pick a lawman posse. First step in the build is you need to pick a boss. Then they say, hey. Now you have to make a choice. You're starting with Wyvern. Now what do you want to do? There are several options. The first option is pick another boss, which is kind and of And then what, pick another boss. It's kind of one. And what then I just did. pick another boss. And so that's you what don't I did. actually have to follow into the posse build. But the other option is now each boss has two options to go into a posse build and that's where the narration of the your boss, you are right? You can follow his Themed posse, and a themed posse is going to tell you, like, like Eric mentioned, in a cylinder aspect. So it's, you know, a number of six. He can bring up to six different units to benefit his themed posse. That changes for every boss. Or you can go with a faction posse, which is every boss can bring that. It's the same slots for each boss. So, uh, as an example. Uh, Later, I'm going to be bringing Wild Bill Hickok, and his posse in my two-boss group is going to be a theme posse. Helena Miller, who I'm bringing as the second boss in my build, she is bringing a Lawman faction posse, mainly because uh, we don't know what her theme posse looks like yet, so I was kind of limited there. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the choices. When you pick a boss, you have to decide, hey, am I going to go theme which aids to the narration of what you're what you're playing, uh, or are you going to go with uh, the standard? So you, you have more option to go anywhere with your faction build. If you go faction posse, theme posse really plays into the theme. Like ranger showboat for Wild Bill Hickok, pretty much bringing rangers. You know, and that's it. Most of the models that you're going to be able to bring, they all have to have the ranger trait to be able to fit into the ranger show, showboat. Uh, similar faction stuff like that is uh, Wakasanti's theme posse. I'm glad you part. said
1: that. <laughs> Not me.
2: <laughs> are you? Are we going to here too? <laughs> uh, but very much so like that. I, I think even Dr. Vitel, you know, you have to, he, he's got a trait that has to be repeated all inside his theme posse. Uh, same with Annabelle Hamilton. Gotta have to have Confederate probably is one of her main traits. Uh, I know you Enlight- know Stonewall Jackson got to have Confederate in his team trait. Some of the so enlightened bosses have. That was the main reason there are traits attached to all the models. Is it helps with that narration of possibility?
1: Yeah, I mean some more examples. Like I know enlightened, like you mentioned, the traits enlightened. Some of the bosses have a lot of the units that you fill these slots with have to have the creation trait. Or um, going back to the theme, I know a real popular theme for lawmen, like if you pick Wyatt, uh, a favorite is the Tombstone theme, which most people are familiar with, you know, the movie Tombstone. If you pick that as, a you know, your theme posse with Wyatt, it's pretty much you know who you're going to take. You, you think of Tombstone. Who was his crew in Tombstone? Well, you're going to take, you know his brothers, you're going to take Doc. Uh, So these are all guys that are going to fill out that theme, that story of that point in Wyatt's life.
2: Well, so why don't we go into describing the posse card. So uh, alongside alongside your faction card on the website, there's going to be a PDF file, and that PDF file is going to be your posse and armory PDF. Inside that, you will find a themed posse and a faction posse for every boss available in that faction, as well as some lawman faction posse cards for some of the models that are faces, but you can upgrade them to be what's called an underboss, And that means they can play as a boss, but they may not have their own theme posse. I think they, the way War Cradle kind of mentions it is they may not have their own theme posse <coughs> Because they plan to have some theme posses for the underboss. So, further down the road, we'll see a theme posse for some of the most, uh, I guess, notorious underbosses in the game currently. Uh, one of which is Philippe, Felipe what is it? Espinoza. Espinosa, yeah. Yeah. Felipe yep. Espinoza is currently a face, but you can play him up, upgrade him into underboss. And we already have been sneak peeked his future. Posse build the bloody espinosas awesome. did, did it shout out awesome did it
1: did they just have uh, some uh the early production models at uh Essen
2: Yes, I do believe we were teased some photos over from the u k where they did have those bloody Espinosa models actually in three d print and yeah they they looked really really cool <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: and it has been confirmed that uh, the the guitarist little brother, uh, Espinosa guy, he, in fact, does have body parts in that guitar case that he's standing on. Of course. Like, that's not a glove. That, <laughs> that's an actual hand. Uh, <laughs> uh, and what's cool is the picture that Stuart took of those models, he actually turned them around and showed that each of them has, they do care instruments, so... When we saw the earlier one photo, all we saw was the front. He later took a picture. He turned them around so he could you could see the instruments that they each carried. You know, for some of the models that you could tell what instrument they were uh, in this Marachi band. But, uh, <laughs> okay, you got me sidetracked. <laughs> Why'd you do that? Uh, um, so all anyway, right. So let's look at the cars. Let's look at the <laughs> so card. Look, and- that's right. When you look at the card, again, the aesthetics that War Cradle has put into this game is just... Really, really, really cool. And so when they designed these posse cards to aid in posse building, really jumps out. I mean, you literally, there are six six rounds on the picture, and each round corresponds to a slot in the cylinder of a revolver. So you know corresponding slots and rounds, and then on the side of the the shell casing, you will see what option you can do for that slot. So uh, for the Lawman Faction Posse, the first option is up to two Lawman Face Units. So what that means is you can bring one unit of hands or faces. They're usually typically faces as one model, but there are some faces in the game where you can take multiples. So it's basically letting you know that you can bring up to two different face units. Now, however many models that may be, but it gives you an option of two. You don't have to bring two. But if there are two faces you, your lawman boss want to bring, you can bring both of them in that one slot. Right.
3: Then you go that, to the
2: next slot. And then, that's also you,
3: important to, no, to note, Brian, that in that case, uh, we're filling slots, not units. Not, you don't necessarily have one unit per slot. Exactly. Uh, so so, you, so you, you, can get, you can build out into a larger force than you might initially think.
2: Exactly. And you have to pay attention to the and slash or. And they really get to that uh, further in, like the second slot in the in this faction build is a Lawman face unit and slash or a Lawman hands or Lawman support unit. So that's very important because the Lawman faction is very face heavy. So they really encourage you to bring these notable heroes in the Lawman faction. So you're pushed to bring as many of these named people as you can because that's their niche in the game so right off the bat you're bringing two faces if you want then the second slot you're bringing another face and if you want bring in some hands right or a support unit which means you can bring in a vehicle and that's just two slots in then in the third slot they do it again say hey bring another face unit and or a hands unit or support unit and it 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 keeps adding that and or it really does give you a lot of options as you build your posse so you can really bring a lot of models or you can stay, you know, short and trim with just faces throughout this build.
1: So you basically, you, what what they're going to do is they're going to look at all these slots, one, two, three, four, five, six, and one at a time, you know, basically fill them. So you fill one, and then you can move to two. You fill two, you know, so you go in order. So it, it's good to note that when you're building your list, you don't have to go in order if you kind of have an idea which slot you want to do. But where it comes into play is, for example, if you're doing a theme posse, a lot of the theme posses have some kind of bonus that if you fill all the slots, you get some kind of special uh, ability. For example, I'm looking at the No Surrender theme posse for the union in the book. And what it says, bonus, a union charge sergeant may be included for free for every three union hands units at maximum unit size present in the posse, so they're saying, if you fill those slots, you get this bonus of taking <coughs> the sergeant for free. Right. Right. And and, and just
3: clar—just to clarify something you said there, um, I do believe you know if you want to get to a certain slot, you do have to fill the slots ahead of it.
1: Yes. You, you, can't, have- you,
3: can't, you can't. You can't. You can't skip around. So. Uh, That is what keeps things somewhat structured is, you know, if you want to get to the uh, character or the unit that is available in slot number three, you have to fill up slots. Number one, numbers one and two before you can get to that third one. So you can't skip around. You want to get to six, you've got to fill up the entire posse.
1: Yes.
2: Right. It's also a way of balancing, you know, some, some builds obviously are going to be more deadly. So the only way to limit that is, to reserve some of the uh, faction models that are so much more deadly, like the heavy vehicles, a lot of the other support vehicles, uh, you have to wait deeper into your build to be able to get them so you don't right off the bat bring one boss and a super, super model in the first slot and then you don't even have to invest in the rest of that build. Uh, that, that's one of the ways they offset that is like they, they definitely want you to follow that uh, general theme before you get all the good goodies. So another thing to consider with the bonuses that some of these posse builds have is typically your faction posse is not going to have a, a theme bonus. Uh, those are really only reserved for the theme builds. But one thing to note, some themed posse builds get the bonus regardless of how full that build is. So like with the, the No Surrender build, you don't have to have all six slots full to get that bonus, you just have to have those three sets of full hand units, which means six models in each one of those units. Uh, with the Ranger Showboat, it says all six slots are filled with at least one unit. Then all the units in the posse gain the elite rule. There are some posse builds that are saying they say all models in this build get this. So you really do need to read the card to make sure you're not forgetting. The, the bonus that you may be getting just for bringing that theme
1: yeah I, yep, I, and go ahead tom
3: no no i was gonna say, and some of the bonuses are really significant so uh choose wisely
1: yeah I, I i was gonna say i like how they're very clear and cut with what you need to to build the posses out and uh the bonuses too so it kind of the when you pick The theme posses, and you see a really cool bonus, it really encourages you to fill out those slots as much as you can. A lot of times when I'm doing posse building uh, for Enlightened, and they have the and and or, a lot of times it's like you got to weigh in, okay, do I want to put this face and or, you know, a unit of uh, maybe say three of my constructs you know, just some little guys just to fill that slot out. Uh, And then I can move to the next slot, say slot three. And then it has, again, face and or support. Well, maybe this one I'm kind of running short on points because we're doing, you know, a 1,500-point game, and I really want to get to that slot six so I can take a doomsday. So maybe I'm just going to take the support unit and kind of push the face off for maybe a later slot if uh, points-wise I can make it work. So a lot of times when you're building, it's it's one of those brain burners where you are you got steam coming out of your ears and you're starting to do that number crunching thing that, just like any other game when you're doing a list build, you're playing with those numbers and you're weighing, okay, this guy is this unit's going to bring this, but he costs this many points. Oh, he's a little expensive. Let's see what my other options are for this slot. What other unit has these kind of keywords that may be a little bit cheaper that he will fit in that slot to get me to slot four, five, and six eventually?
2: Right. And another thing to consider is outlaws. Outlaws are a little bit different. So many of the outlaw bosses, theme policies posse's, and faction posses, they they're gonna hint to you which other factions you can add them to. So you would have to definitely check the cards for each of the bosses to give you the, a hint as who who else you can have them join your faction. So say Jesse James, honor among themes, Posse. Uh, he can he can join uh, enlightened armies, he can join hex armies, uh, and of course outlaws. But on the flip side, the Regulator's Theme Posse with Billy the Kid, he can do Lawman, Union, enlighten. So each boss with their Theme Posse might have other options you can do. That way you can bring additional bosses outside of the regular faction. So if you're doing Enlightened and you want to bring, you, you have some Outlaw Models, you can bring the, uh, an Outlaw Boss and some of your Outlaw Models into your Enlightened Posse. The only limitation is you can't have you have to have more main faction mo- uh, bosses in your posse than outlaw mercenary bosses. So if you're an enlightened, you know, player, you have to have at least one for one or more of your faction of enlightened to bring another. So you couldn't bring as an enlightened build, you can couldn't bring, you know, three enlightened bosses and four outlaw bosses. You would technically then have to not bring that last uh, outlaw boss and keep it at three and three.
1: Hmm. I might have something to say about that, (laughs) that build. You may may dive into that a little later. Yeah, I'll dive into that a little bit. So on that note, why don't we get into kind of our, uh, all our homework assignments that we did uh, where the three of us basically came up with a posse build for examples for everybody based on the different types of builds that you could do Uh, we mentioned earlier that we did a one of us took a theme posse build another one of us took the two boss posse build and then i did a crazy all boss posse build so why don't we go ahead and start with that tom you had the first one so you did a a theme posse build so why don't you go ahead and Run down for everybody what you built.
3: All right. So uh, with the theme posse build that I did, I think I mentioned on the first episode how I was intrigued with the idea of a uh, cavalry build. So that naturally guided me towards the Union. And who else are you going to use to lead the Union cavalry but Custer? So I went with the Forlorn Hope theme posse. Uh, read this out for you a Union Force, instead of a faction posse, Armstrong uh, Custer may take this theme posse. Custer gains the Largest Common Rule. If all six slots are filled with at least one unit in the posse, then all units of the posse gain the Trail Finder Special Rule. Armstrong Custer is the only unit with the boss trait permitted in this posse. So, a couple things there note right off the, the bat. Custer gets the largest, uh, the largest Common Rule, regardless of uh, how much of the Posse you fill out, uh, and that allows him to share out his large amount of uh, fate that he gets. So uh, can kind of he doesn't have that naturally, so he can just hand that out now. And the trail finder special rule is really neat. Um, after everyone deploys, every unit that has trail finder gets to move up to their full uh, walking distance. So uh, for most regular infantry that's usually up to five inches and for the cavalry that i'll be using that's up to eight inches so that's really really big especially if you have to capture ground or get anywhere if you happen to be playing an adventure where uh you need to go and capture an objective push something you're really just pushing way out into the board to start with um this is kind of an interesting posse because uh, it is all hands units. Every single slot is hands units. Actually kind of challenging to build, uh, much more so than I expected. I sorted this out going, okay, let me see what my restrictions are. So in the union, uh, iron horses are count as hands units, uh, not support units. So I was able to go through there and assign iron horse units to every slot. So, I started out doing that, and the minimum size for one of those units is two, maximum size is six. To begin with, I assigned two to every slot. So, I started off with 12 iron horses, and I started outfitting them and playing with numbers. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Brian and Eric about it, and Brian pointed out, he goes, You know, you might want some infantry in there and not just uh, all cavalry in case you have to hold a building or uh, get into some messy terrain situations. And uh, I said, huh, that's probably not a bad idea. <laughs> so so I went it back. It also helps and, the pocketbook. Yes, it helps it a lot. Because <laughs> uh, this is not a cheap posse to run. Uh, so I went back and I refigured everything. And so what I did is I started out uh, with my boss slot as Custer, mounted, uh, for 295 points, and then I went from there. I figured, what what size units do I want for infantry? Um, I like to bring a five-man unit. Uh, just uh, I don't know why. I've just always felt kind of gotten used to. That. Maybe that's all the my Warhammer days where that was your squad size. So I took two different five-man units of infantry. So I've got uh, let's see, five uh, Union riflemen. And I have another unit of five Union, what are they, the uh, the close combat ones. So there's my number one and my number two. The riflemen have uh, a rocket pod attached to it. And the skirmishers have a gatling gun attached to it. So the idea there is that they can hold ground, they can hold buildings. They can slowly advance up behind the rest of the ca- the cavalry that's involved. So going into the rest of the slots then, I picked up iron horses, obviously across all of them. I've got five Gatling Gun Iron Horses in slot number three. And then I have two each for the, each of the remaining slots. I've got uh, two Electro Carbine ones, so that allows me to apply the stun condition. I've got two Flamethrower Iron Horses, that lets me put out the hazard condition, uh, which, if you are paying attention to how that works, you also have a, if you apply a second one, it turns into a lethal condition. And then for the final one, I have two iron horses with grenade launchers. That lets you put out some uh, blast templates. And so it basically kind of covers the, the gamut of what types of damage I can push out there. Really what this allows you to do is gives a lot of flexibility as far as movement is concerned. Uh, iron horses move up to 8 inches, so they cover, you know, they cover the board really, really quickly. They've got some special rules uh, that make them harder to hit if you move more than seven inches. They have the skirmisher rules so that they have four-inch cohesion, so they can spread out a little bit more. And the whole idea, to, in my mind, is to really aggressively push objectives and then march in with the units of infantry behind them to hold objectives. What do you guys think of this? What do you what do you think uh, about... The idea of how I went looking at this to originally build it, the way we talked about it a little bit to refine it. Uh,
2: thoughts? Oh, I think it's great. I, I especially like how you split up the different armaments. And uh, definitely the flamethrowers are going to be your anti-building. If you got hands that hole up in a building, the engulf rules on a torrent template for like flamethrowers are definitely going to benefit using those against those. Those hand units or face units hiding in buildings because all you got to do is touch that template onto the building and everybody inside is going to get hit by that torrent. Uh, so, definitely a good idea to have those. The anti hands weapons with the, the grenade launchers, you know, with the blast templates, and then the gatlins for taking on a face unit or boss units. Uh, I think having that variety uh, of spread on your cavalry definitely positive as well as again you don't want to be on all vehicle list and show up to the table and there's no room to move (laughs) your big models through the gaps in the building and and so you're you're stuck being out in the open and you know it'll be a bad day for you (laughs) yeah well you know
3: i one of one of the fun things with the iron horses that i was looking at because you have to move seven inches if you want to get, uh, God, I forget the name of the rule offhand, but where you get to make them retake the aim role. I know what it does. <laughs> I just can't remember what the name of it is. <laughs> uh, here it is. I have it right here. Moving target. Moving target. Yeah. You think I would remember that one?
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in your defense, it does exactly describe what you're talking about in the title. So, yeah, so I don't know.
3: <laughs> yeah. Come on. It's after midnight. Give me a break here. <laughs> but, um, you know, the way you're allowed to move, you can pivot on the center of, of, of your base and continue your, your movement. So I was thinking about how would I deal with this? If I don't really want to go anywhere, we want to get the bo- the bonus. And it occurred to me that you can basically just kind of do some donuts and, and just basically spin some <laughs> donuts on these things and get, and get, and get your moving target bonus. <laughs> So so, uh, so, so I see some of that in my future.
2: Yeah. The one-inch
3: donut—that's <laughs> it. It'll be donut holes, but you know, it'll work.
2: <laughs> so you definitely have to mount some of your your iron horses in a, a skid out like that. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this, so, this list kind of scares me a little bit, Tom. To tell you the truth, with all those iron horses zooming around, uh, I think the only way I want to face you is on a full <laughs> board where there's lots of buildings and brush to yep, slow and, you and, down.
3: And that's what all that's what all the uh, the special weapons are for is, is to deal with the buildings, the brush, things that can get in get in the way. You know, yeah, it's cheaper just take a whole bunch of gatling guns, but you know a terrain heavy board really limits the effectiveness of this list and so you know it had to have a little bit of infantry there but iron horses still aren't very big you can still get them into a lot of places you know and and just the idea with them is you got to keep moving there's there's 12 iron horses in there if you count custer so you know you have a dozen iron horses you got you know 10 infantry backing them up that's a fairly you know for 1500 points. Yeah. It's 22 models, but you know, that that's the effectiveness is going to go down very quickly as you start losing those. And so you just got to really keep everything moving, make them hard to hit, try to keep them behind cover as they're moving. Yeah. So, so there, there's a lot there. There's, there's a lot to it, but I think it also gives a lot of tactical flexibility as far as pushing objectives and getting where you need to be quickly and, and really bringing a lot of firepower to bear.
1: I I definitely think it would be a fun list to uh, to play with because it it just like you said it's it's a fast moving list and fast fast moving units are always fun to play because you yep. you kind of never know with with their speed and their length that they're moving you you know it kind of keeps your opponent off balance that they won't quite know for sure where you're going to be going. Yep, and. I mean, you're eight inches to
3: begin with. You know, you you can really, you know, if you dash with them, mm-hmm. you can you can really get these things going pretty quick. So oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you you can cover. You know, you're, you're not you're only playing on a three foot board generally speaking. You you're really covering
2: a lot of ground. Yes, for sure. Right. Actually, for that build that fifteen hundred, you may want to play on four four by four just so you have a little more room, but. I agree. I think I wouldn't want to face that list, uh, <laughs> uh, but so, it would—it would definitely be fun if—if if, if presented with it.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. And so, uh, if all of our listeners each buy one Iron Horse and mail it to me, we can make this thing a reality.
1: <laughs> Stranger things have happened. <laughs>
2: Really, that would be too many because uh, we we had more than 12 12, uh, listeners. Wow.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I stand by what I said.
2: (laughs) Right. You can send me any overflow so I can do the list too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Brian, you you did our two boss list. So do you want to cover your list build there? (coughs) Sure, you know following the union actually works for me. So I did a Lawman theme. I don't think any
2: anyone who knows knows me is going to be shocked by that. So I started with Helena Miller. Those of you who who may not know who she is, she is the boss of the Infernal Investigations posse that is uh, soon to to be released. That's a Stuart soon, so it could be months away. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's a few. Hardcore, hardcore Lawman loyalists who wish it to be sooner. So, Helena Miller, she's the boss of the Infernal Investigations unit. And she she currently does not have a theme posse out. They haven't teased us with it yet. So, in the current card set of 1.07, they added the cards for the models in Infernal Investigations, but not the posse card. So, I'm just using a lawman faction posse for her. So at 225, she brings her Four Fortune, which is great. That's a, that's a pretty good boon for, for most bosses. And the first slot in the posse build is up to two Lawman face units. So right off the bat, I'm bringing in No Shock here, Jedrick Powell. Those of you who like to listen to me babble know who that is. So that model is one of the two faces that I'm bringing. The second one is Furio Montoya. That brings, off the bat, two hand-to-hand specialists into the game pretty quick. With Jedrick Powell, he also has Gunfighter. He's got a few other neat little tricks up his sleeve. Furio, she's she's a combat ma- uh, master. She also has For the Boys, so she's going to get a little boost being around Jedrick. So they're, they're going to be a deadly duo. Then in slot two, I'm able to bring in a face and or Lawman Hand or a and support unit. So that allows me to bring in Black Hoof 2020, Jedrick's sidekick support model. He's the Black Hoof that survived the Union versus the Rebel Civil War and has gained sentience enough to be an actual go-to, you know, officer inside the Internal Affairs Investigation Posse. So that is the core of Helena Miller's part of this two-boss faction build. I then switch over to Wild Bill Hickok, and he, of course, is bringing the Ranger Showboat theme. This theme is going to be Ranger heavy, so right off the bat, we're going to go with Wild Bill and his units. They're going to have three fortune to share. First slot says Grace Myrtle or Lawman Hands unit with the Ranger trait, and I'm just going to bring uh, Grace Myrtle for 130 points. She's definitely a, a you know a follow up. She's She's got some good uh, good pistols. She's got the chase rifle. She's also got a lasso with drag. You know, very much a, a good, good add to this group. Brings a little bit of fortune of her own. The second slot in this group, I'm bringing some Ranger Minutemen. These are the Rangers with rifles. And as part of an upgrade for that unit, I'm bringing, I think I'm going to bring a five Ranger Minutemen. That fifth one is going to have a sniper rifle. Then the slot three, I'm bringing the veteran rangers. These are the short, close combat rangers with pistols. I'm also bringing five of those guys. That fifth one is going to be carrying a Gatlin. So, uh, and that rounds up, that comes right to a full 1500 uh, army build with two bosses. Some of the neat tricks to this build is it's going to bring, I'm going to have three lassos in this. So I'm going to be able to do some tangles. I'm going to do some drags uh, with the Helena Miller. She's got Flight. She's got Treasure Hunter. She's got Tactical Brilliance, which gives uh, some reserve checks if I wanted to leave any of these models in reserve. Got a lot of Iron Ass up in here. Furio's bringing some Decapitate with her, her sabers. I've got uh, Jedrick also He's going to have elect- Electro Batons, so if he wants, he can bring some stun. Along into the game, also with another lasso there. He also his his pistols are rail pistols, so bring in some some crits with some shred. They also have a range of fifteen, which is balls crazy good for uh, pistols. So a lot of neat things. He also brings to the table shrewd strategists. Once per turn, he may spend an action point to look at the top card from either the adventure deck or the action deck. And if I don't like that card, I can discard it. So, also some pretty neat
1: tricks uh, in this posse. You got uh, uh, you got so many lassos in that posse build there. You could have your own rodeo.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, a lot of neat tricks. Definitely going to be neat. I think. I mean, I can't get what can't, can't wait to get these models in the Infernal Posse because. You know, more than likely, I'll be playing some of these models all the time. Uh, <laughs> Wait, which ones would those be? <laughs> uh, uh, Jedrick Powell, yeah, I think I think uh, you know he goes by Jed for short. Yeah, I think I think he's a definite go-to. Uh, one of the <laughs> neat things on this model is he's an underboss, so uh, I'll, I I can actually bring him as a boss. So that'll be interesting to try to put that together uh, in the future and stuff as well. And of course, Blackhawk 2020. With he's got forceful strike. He's got a couple of hammer hands. Uh, Hyper V rifle with shred and crits with lethal and piercing three. That's just going to be a nasty little add to this this group here. Definitely, these models are great. Looking at the cards, I'm like they're crazy awesome. They have tons of common <laughs> rules uh, and special rules <clears throat> each, and they're just it's going to be awesome. This. This is going to be a posse that you're going to have trouble keeping track of all the extra things they can do. Yeah, they're going to be they have so many options and so many things that they can bring to the table.
1: They cover a you lot know. of bases, basically.
2: Oh, definitely. So it's going to be intriguing, and of course, the theme is just right up my alley. You know, uh, investigating all the the nasty tidbits in the world, Wild West Exodus. Uh, you know, it's just it's just pretty neat. So I'm yeah. eager to try this out. Uh, I'll be proxying. proxying Obviously, the infernal investigation models until that posse comes out. But definitely want to give this a try. And like again, there's so many options and things that we can do with the way that the posse build system works. And this is just one example. of That two bosses went three deep in each of the uh, the posse builds, and doing so, I didn't get the special ability filling it out, uh, filling one boss's theme out completely, but. Look at all the variety of things that we'll be able to do, you know, with one group of four models having access to four plus (laughs) just for that group. And then the Ranger Hands unit and Grace having access to, uh, you know, another set of fortune from Wild Bill, you know, in total, that's seven fortune, not counting Furio's carrying one of her own. Jedrick's carrying one of his own. Black Hoof 2020 is even carrying one of his own. And Grace is carrying one of her own. So lots of fortune in this group, which Lawman's not known for having a bunch. So this this <clears throat> definitely gets you plenty of re-rolls and emergency uh, assistance with those fortunes. I think it's going to be a great pop. What do you guys yeah. think?
3: Well, I, I think what really stands out to me, especially after having just gone over mine, which was all very hands-heavy, uh, where yours is very character-heavy, uh, between the bosses and the faces, the um, the variety of things that you can do the tricks you can pull out really stand out to me versus the, okay, I have a bunch of guys and they all kind of do the same thing. That really stands out to me and it seems like it'll make it a very flexible posse.
2: No, yeah, that's what I'm hoping.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, like you said, it's it's the kind of posse that you have a lot of your little tricks that you're bringing and it will be uh, some work to keep track of it all, but that's why we... Play the same posse's over and over and over again, and eventually you get to know it like the back of your hand.
2: Yeah, nothing worse than you know, two two rounds later, going, "Hey, wait a minute! I could have done that."
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was playing with my son the other day, trying to teach him the new the new system, and you know, totally didn't dawn on me when his attack dogs were you know chewing up slain. Slain has a saber with parry. I was like, oh, dude, I could have... I may have survived that. that <laughs> I didn't remember. Hey, I could have buried one of those.
1: <laughs> well, all right. On to my list, I guess. Uh, you guys both did a lot of... Uh, a lot of your guys bring uh, options to the table. So my... Posse build that I did is I did an all-boss list, which I have yet to see on the table or anybody actually play with one, but we have heard of people doing this, so what I ended up doing is, so I started with, like many Posse builds, I started with my faction that I wanted to do. So I started with the Enlightened, and my go-to with the Enlightened is always Dr. Carpathian. He's, he's where I started. I just went with his, his basic model. I was tempted to go with legendary. But with the points build that we, the three of us, were doing, I knew doing an all-boss list uh, that it was going to go up very, very fast. So I chose to stick with his basic. He does come with four fortune. He's 250 just for his basic, where his legendary was like just over 50 points more. And w- with us trying to stay in the the average 1,500-point list, like I said, it was going to fill up fast. So Dr. C is bringing his poor fortune. And then for the second boss, I, I went with another enlightened. I figured let's, let's just do it systematically, pick my two enlightened bosses, and then go with one from another faction. So for my second boss, I went with... <laughs> Annabelle Hamilton so one of the things that I was looking at with her is you know something different you know I she's kind of one of the newer model, newer characters that are out there that we have yet to see a model so I kind of was looking over <clears throat> her stuff and I'm like well she brings you know Carpathian that many of the enlightened are known for but one of the things that I also liked is she has portal mastery so she can manipulate the portals. And being one of her, her, her keywords is Confederate, and what I ended up doing for the rest of the build is I was looking at Outlaws, which Outlaws can go just about anywhere. For an all-boss list, I figured that would have been the best fit with Enlightened. Plenty of choices. And what I liked about Aunt Annabelle is that she has that Confederate, so I'm looking at her Rebel Yell. The thing behind the Rebel Yell is that it's a special combat action that once this action has been made by this unit, any other units with both the Human and Confederate traits gain a plus one to their limit attribute for the duration of this turn while within eight inches of her. So it it does say, though, it does not stack with any other limit bonuses. So my whole idea was I was going to fill out... This posse with other bosses that had a Confederate. So after Hamilton, I decided to go for the outlaw bosses. And so for slot number, let's see, Dr. C was my main boss, Hamilton was slot one. So for slot two, I chose. Who else? There's
2: no slots. I was
1: just thinking that. It's like, true. There's no slots. <laughs> so let me. <laughs> so it's. <laughs> Rewind a little bit. So after Annabelle, I went with none other than Jesse James for the outlaw. And what I did actually. So Jesse James is also bringing the Confederate. So he's going to benefit from Hamilton, Rebel Yell, but he also has Rebel Yell. So he can use it to give other people, you know, more actions that they can take.
2: You you separate them. You you now can extend
1: that 16 inches. Yes.
2: You know, with the two of them. That's actually pretty good.
1: So, yeah, I can kind of start this little chain effect with these guys. So with Jesse, I, I picked his mounted so I could give him a little bit more speed. He can zoom around. Let's see. So Jesse is, his mounted is 260, and he's bringing three fortune that he can use. After him, I went with Quantrill, who's also a mounted boss, and he also has the Confederate special ability. He's at 240 with three fortune. So what I did here, I took two enlightened bosses, and then I just took two outlaw bosses. So I'm basically even, two and two. So if I want to take more outlaws, I, had to, I have to go back to the enlightened. So what I ended up doing, once again... I'm kind of playing with that the points game. my points are starting to fill up pretty quick at this point with all these guys over two hundred points. you know they're pushing two and a half. Uh, I went with cam for the enlightened, so now cam is one of the cheaper bosses in the enlightened. he's at two twenty if that sounds cheap, but <laughs> it actually is, yeah. and he's bringing two fortunes so what I liked about cam is he he has uh some tricks where he can uh you know, make a special move action where he flies so he can get pretty far into the board fast and just drop down on somebody. So I thought he'd be a good addition to it. And he helps me with the little, the points game that I'm playing. So after that, I went with a outlaw boss. And actually what I did is I uh, went with somebody that's a mercenary boss. So I went with Marcus Wayward, who I also took mounted, and Marcus has the Confederate special rule also. I basically have, let's see, we have one, two, three, four. I have four guys in this boss list that have the Rebel Yell special ability. So all of them can kind of chain off of each other, and then three of them are mounted. I figured it gives me some speed. I'm not used to speed like that with the Enlightened, so it's something... Fun to try out. <laughs> Unfortunately, I couldn't take any more because at this point, Marcus is 250 with four fortune. Actually, I take that back. He's mounted, so he's 275, and I'm coming in at 1,475 points of our 1,500 build. So I I could probably squeeze in another one there, but it's gonna be kind of close. So I ended up stopping at taking the six bosses for my list.
3: Right, because then you'd have to pick up some sort of piece of filler. Yeah. (laughs) Otherwise.
1: Yeah, and we wanted to keep it, you know, for this this list being all bosses, I had to kind of stop while I was ahead. (laughs) So, (laughs) overall, I mean, I'm looking at, across the board, 19 fortune that I can mess around with. So Which, that's amazing.
2: Yeah, that's one of the neat things about Wild West Exes is, you know, scalability, there's a lot of people who don't want a lot of units because it it causes the game to go time-wise into a long game. So a 1500 game, especially with the lists like, like I'm, I built and the list that Tom built, you're talking a long game. It's going to be a couple hours. When you're playing six models versus six models and all boss versus all boss. That game is going to be fast. You're going to play that on a three by three. You could probably even reduce it to a two by two and it's going to be fast. It's going to be bloody. It's, and you know, all the models on the table use their own fortune. They're, they all have tons of, uh, special abilities, really gross, deadly weapons. It's just going to be a bloodbath.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
3: Now, what what worries me about when I look at a list like that is, it seems like you could focus fire down a boss a turn or so with with uh, a larger force because you don't have all those smaller units that can take the hits for you.
1: Yeah. And so that... so
3: so that would be my <clears throat> biggest concern
1: playing that type of a list. And and that's actually with one of the things that Doctor Carpathia needs is he needs his little drones to basically stand in front of him and you know use as meat shields basically and take hits and then when they go down he can bring them back up so he's not really benefiting from that trick not having all these nameless you know guys with him but like i said he's kind of my go to with the enlightened i just i don't know it's something about his backstory and everything that he's always in a lot of my list but like you're saying Tom one of the reasons that I picked mounted units for Jesse uh Con- already comes mounted but having Jesse mounted and Marcus mounted something that I hope to kind of with them being a little bit zippier around the board maybe it will help their so- survivability uh in <coughs> when facing you know a a, a posse that has a lot of dudes in it where they're going to be focusing fire on them. Um, right. I'm interested to try it out and see what happens. So,
3: I, I, well, I mean, it would be really interesting because, I mean, you do have all that fortune to help counter that to keep them alive. I, I'm just, I'm curious to see if the, if the, the obscene amount of fortune you have counters, um, the lack of numbers.
1: Yeah. I, I think what, I would do is a list like this is try not to get them where they get separated too much. You know, I think any of these guys, if they find themselves, you know, hung out to dry by themselves and they get focused fire on them, they're going to go down because there's even with, uh, you know, a lot of fortune, there's only so much, so many hits or, uh, you know, you can only do quick and the dead once per round. So, I mean, eventually, if they get ganged up on, they're going to go down.
2: Right.
3: Your luck does run out sooner or later.
2: Yeah. Uh, one of the things I would, would suggest is look at maybe bringing Augusta instead of burst Carpathian.
1: I, I was thinking about with her. Because
2: you, you have two Carpathian... But you have no other you have no constructs. Yeah. So if you switch one of the two out with Augusta, you bring you bring the ability to bring her back.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? If she goes down. And she has sawbones. That's true. So anyone she's within three inches gains tough.
1: Probably what I would do is swap Which, out um maybe Cam. Right, look. you'd
2: have to look at the numbers to make sure you had enough points. But yeah, yeah swapping someone out to bring Augusta gives you the ability, one, bringing her back with Carpathogen. If you switch out Cam, you lose the flexibility of having the flight. Yeah. But that does leave you with Carpath- Carpathian having the ability to do Dark Council, which, you know, the compel compelling is very useful, especially for all these low-mind characters.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, that and... One of the things I always liked about him is that when he does a, a focus action, he doesn't get the normal plus two, he gets plus three. So it's almost like a, a gu- guarantee that he's going to hit what he's shooting at type thing.
2: Right. Uh, the only downside is they made his, his super gross weapon a torrent.
1: So yeah.
2: you got to risk him now. Yeah. With before, yeah. He ranged and he, he could blast you from anywhere.
3: Yeah, yeah, he definitely has to get stuck in there,
1: which he's. Well, he's. I mean, he's six for fight or six for shoot. I mean, he's he's not. He's not. Uh, he's pretty even across the board with what he can do. So,
2: yeah, uh, yep. That's one of the downsides to most of the factions is they have some really great options for bosses. Which which well, this was I I go for theme. Then you then you're not really concerned about what boss you're bringing. Cause yeah you know, you're playing a narrative game, you're going to bring what works, you know?
3: Right. Yeah. I, I definitely found it difficult going through this exercise, trying to limit myself. I found myself trying to pull in three different bosses and I was like, Oh my God, I'm up at 3000 points. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be a a long game. (laughs) Yeah. Went a little overboard, having to scale all that back.
1: Well, one of the things I, I do when I, uh, i posse build i actually have a a notebook and um a lot of times you know i i kind of get an idea for hey let's let's try doing something with this unit and this unit so i'll i i i i'll take the notebook and i'll you know i'll write down the boss and then i got like my i write you know one two three four five six and then i'll just it's like brainstorming i'll just write down you know, some list where I just fill these slots with the units based on either a themed or uh, a lot of times when I'm doing these builds, I'm just kind of doing your faction build, your kind of generic posse build. So eventually, you know, I got a bunch that I can look through and say, oh, what do I want to run today? Oh, let's try this one that I thought up a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, it's kind of a, a good practice to get into doing stuff like that because you can try out these different builds that you do and then maybe make a note after you play it that this unit worked well with this face and uh you'll remember next time if you do a build, you'll be like oh hey those two those two guys worked pretty good together so let's bring those into this one guy's a face so i know he'll fill this slot easy enough and this guy uh, is, you know, the support unit work good with them. So I'll put this in this slot. Good good habit, maybe a good practice to try out.
3: Well, it gets exposed to a lot of the different uh, units that are out there as well. I'll try to figure out, you know, what they do, what you like as you develop your play style.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite units that I pretty much include in every single Enlightened build that I do is uh, Creation 7. It's not so much what he does well, what he doesn't do well. It's just he's he's kind of intimidating on the board. You see this big old model with four arms. Yeah, he does have some kind of neat things that he does, though. So I admit that. But you, you'll eventually, when you you try out all these different models and what they can do and stuff, you'll you'll find favorite models that you really just enjoy playing. Not so much because of that; they're really good models you know they they have good stats or good weapons but that's just they're just fun to play.
3: Yep, and, and you know I always find there's always that one model too that for whatever reason he's like lucky. <laughs> 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 you know, just just there's always some dopey model that every time you put it on the board uh it, it does work for you regardless of what it is. Uh and I find that you know I fall in love with pieces that way. It's probably why
1: I take 7 all the time. All right. Well, that kind of does our little segment for posse building and how it works. And we had some fun with each other making our little homework assignments. Um, I think everybody passed with A's. Yes.
3: (laughs) Uh, You know, I I admit I I cheated a little bit when you guys, uh, when I was like, hey guys, what do you think of this? You guys were like... "Uh," you know you might want to take some guys <laughs> with, with that not just all the right. likes
2: and, and that's a good good thing to bring up definitely discuss your ideas and posse builds amongst yourselves at the forum at facebook with your buddies you know only only in that open discord while you're talking about what your plan is are you going to really be able to uh fine-tune tweak out different things i mean that. That's one of the main reasons we're doing the pod, uh, the podcast is that dialogue, that chatting, that sharing of ideas actually helps everyone in in the game. You know, it helps everyone find new ways to do things. Uh, it helps clarify rules. It helps you find that model that you really need. It, it helps you tweak out things and makes everything better. So definitely, mm-hmm. hey, add in. Uh, comment you know we want to see your list you know let, let's see what your ideas are if you have any questions or if you had any suggestions on tweaking these three lists that we talked to you about today or share uh where have you gone crazy especially if you've done these type of lists what did you do who'd you bring you know let's share you
3: know where where, where do you make sacrifices because uh we're all restricted on our points and we all want to bring things and You definitely have to make some hard decisions. I'd like to hear, you know, thought processes behind how are you making those decisions? How are you deciding what gets left on the cutting room floor?
1: I'll admit, Tom, some of my uh, feedback for your your posse build was because it just scared the hell out of me.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've been intrigued with that idea, you know, know, as as soon as it was. I got the theme posse. I'm like, I know what I, I know where I'm going with this. <laughs> yeah, do,
2: do we need to start a support group for uh, opponents of custard theme lists? <laughs> <laughs>
3: but believe Although, me, I to
2: trying- admit I played a custard theme list and I built a 1500 custard list. Showed up to play uh, some Wobbles Exes and the opponent I play, he's like, "Well, I might only have 800 points worth of watchers." <laughs> I'm like okay, well, let me roll back my Custer theme list to 800, and uh, let's just say he was scared of the 8 fortune. At the point where I risked Custer to grab an easy one victory point for putting my boss in the middle of the board um, was a mistake, because he came at me hard with magenta, and that 8 Eight fortune did not succeed. I rolled one. I mean literally in this onslaught from him, it went one, one, one. I'm like,
0: What? Come on
2: <laughs> And it, I, I died with like four fortune still in my, my on my card, which I couldn't use because I rolled ones, you know, you can't re roll those, so it, it, it was rough.
3: <laughs> well, Believe me, I was trying to figure out how to fit a Will of Shaw list in there with the custer list and uh, ah.
1: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that, that's what I got scared. <laughs> but the the points just weren't there. That's the fun part about posse building, is sometimes is that number crunching and seeing how far you can push the list and how far you could add different uh faces and units and stuff to fill out that that you know, whether it's a theme posse or uh, a faction posse or just a crazy build like mine where you just kind of like throw everything in the pot yeah well all right guys that's it for our little posse building segment uh stay tuned we'll have some more stuff for you guys uh, in this episode uh, including maybe some some news and some stuff that's coming down the pipeline stay tuned
2: I'll open for you.
1: Hey, Eric, how about we get some new news? New news. New, new news. Don't Give us
2: old news. We want new news.
1: Hey, guys. We got some new news for you. We got some fresh stuff coming down the pipeline. And before we get to some of the new items we got coming out from War Cradle and for Wild West Exodus. Let's go ahead and go over some of the... uh, we got some appearance dates coming up that they are going to be hitting up with their booth, giving demos and selling product. So one of the first dates we got coming up is the next one is going to be the UK Games Expo. That's going to be June 1st. Go ahead and check them out there. They're probably going to be announcing some new stuff. And while you're there... Go ahead and check out, they have a con-exclusive figure that's for their, their con season throughout the summer that is only available during conventions, whether it's at the actual booth that you're attending, you can pick it up there, or you can go ahead and go on the website and order it only during these cons. So like if the con runs Friday through Sunday... The model's only going to be available online to order. And that model is Nakano Gozen. How'd I do, Brian?
2: Pretty good. The emissary of the Blazing Sun Empire, right? The uh, and geez. They were, for short term, called the Celestials, but uh, with the dystopian age modifications to the fluff, it's the Blazing Sun Empire.
1: Okay. And if, if I remember right, I was checking out her... Her stat card, which is on the website already, she is primarily an outlaw. But if I remember right, she does work with the lawmen. So you can add her in either one of those. She is a face, and she's her stats are pretty cool, checking her out. So once again, the next time she's going to be available is at the UK Games Expo, whether you go to it or go online and you can order her. After the UK Games Expo, there is a couple trailblazers. The next trailblazers that I saw on their schedule is at the Slice and Dice, and that's in Bolton, UK, on June 9th. Big Orbit Games, so they're going to be out there showing off the game on June 10th, so that's the next day, in Black Mister, UK. You can go there, get a quick demo, they'll show you how the game works. After those little road trips, they are coming back to the States for Gen Con. And Gen Con is in Indianapolis, uh, Indiana, and that runs from August 2nd to the 5th. And there are rumors that I either read or heard somewhere that there possibly could be Wild West Exodus events at Gen Con. So if you're going to Gen Con, be sure to check them out there. Uh, Once again, you can... Look for that exclusive con figure. And then they're going to pretty much round out the con season at Tabletop Gaming Live, which is September 29th through the 30th. And I'm sure there's going to be more Trailblazers in there. I, I wish we could get some Trailblazer tours over here in the U.S. I think the plan is once they get, they're,
2: they're in the process of hiring uh, a North American sales team, and once that happens, uh, I believe one of their responsibilities is attending events and stuff. So they may be able to build some type of trailblazer here in the U.S. You know, they just have to get their infrastructure built up.
1: And it, it's probably a harder thing to do here in the U.S. Just where they're doing it in the U.K., it's a little bit easier to go by, you know, car, truck whatever they take with them to get from store to store to, to do that little trailblazer there. Whereas here that drive would probably be significantly longer, but it'd be cool. <laughs> it'd be great. But that drive would probably be a uh, flight over here. Yeah. Yeah. Be a little bit easier. We got lots of uh, picket fences put that way here. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So, since, since last we spoke, we uh, we had a couple of uh, new posses get filtered out through the Q&A, you know, first part of May. We had the first posse they teased was the Tainted Biology Posse. Now, we saw the posse card for Dr. Pytel's themed posse in previous versions of the card in the posse rules, so it was really cool to actually see who was going to be in his posse set. So you'll get a new Dr. Vitale. I, I'm, I'm not sure if it's going to be a new sculpt or or not. He looks like the same pose. But in his posse, you're going to get two, drum roll, hex dogs. So these are hex beasts, but they're actually, you know, tainted, involved hex animals. So... Dr. Vitel has been fooling around with biology a little bit, and he's created these hex dogs. So they're really cool, looking, with all the boils and stuff. So you'll get two of them in that posse set. Hopefully we'll see them come out separately so you can get more than just the two. And we don't have stats on those yet. They haven't put those cards up in, the, in any of the rules anywhere. So it'll be interesting to see what those come out as, like what what
1: game effects they'll have. Well, I'm I'm assuming if they're going to be, like, any of the the canine units that we have where you could run, you know, up to what was the minimum number, like, two to six. Right. They're more than likely going to release them as, like, a a two-in-one type of release like they did with the uh, attack dogs.
2: Right. You know, that's that's the hope, you know, especially if, if you're... You're going to be playing the hex you're going to probably want more of those even not just for his posse but for some of the other hex posses as well a new sculpt that's actually going to be in there that Stuart talked about was actually the original pose this model was supposed to have way back in kickstarter one and it's marcus cunningham so marcus cunningham is you know a warrior nation brave that kind of got a little too tainted and can't transform back to his human self, so he's kind of like got his spirit animal markings with the uh, rhino horn and uh, scaly hide, and he got that huge hammer. So now his new pose for this box set was actually the original pose that they had changed when they did go, went into production. So it'll be neat to see a new pose for him. Um, so there's a new guy, so new model completely, that they introduced that he has... You know, pretty cool pose, and his jacket's open, and in his chest is a, a humanoid, like, like basically crawling out of this dude's chest. So he's just a really creepy, cool, especially for you know a hex thing for this guy. He's basically got his his attached <laughs> twin uh, riding, riding, riding on his chest. It it's just really weird. One of the other models, the new models, this model. We've been talking about or hinted at begging since the last community model voting at, uh, back under Outlaw. Do you remember, uh, Tom, do you remember what model won the, uh, the voting? God, no, I don't remember that. <laughs> so the big push was for a slick snake oil salesman. Oh, yeah. Throw bottles of liquid goo or whatever as part of his his attack. So this new model is a snake oil salesman. Now, someone who was with us at Adepticon really loved that idea. And they must have really got a push from him for this snake oil guy because this guy looks like Darren. And they even put a leg brace on him because he got hurt again, at <laughs> <And> again. <laughs> So, so he's got the big beard uh, from uh, that he had when we he was hanging out with us. So, yeah, it, it's that's going to be cool to have a, a little miniature uh, Darren. <laughs> that's <laughs> um, awesome. <laughs> hopefully. We, they don't jinx it, and everyone open their box of Tainted Biology, and, and the actual mold has a bubble in the leg or something it's further. <laughs> just, the, the legs just fall off. <laughs> right. Oh, man. That,
1: that's funny. But I'm, so
2: I'm excited about that. That's going to be cool. <laughs> so that was the Tainted Biology Posse preview uh, as part of the this, this past Q&A. Then they went on to another one that they teased about. And they've talked about Ponce de Leon getting his own posse box. So it wasn't a complete shock to see this be a teased posse. But part of this new posse box, you'll also get Ponce de Leon. But then you also get the Conquistador with the rocket launcher that that was the heavy weapon guy. Of course, in 2.0, Wild West Exodus, all the conquistadors actually became named people, just because of the fluff. There is a finite number of conquistadors, so there's not a whole lot of extra people in the conquistador group. It, it's a finite number of people because they step through a portal, so they can't like re they can't re up anyone or recruit new people because they're all Spaniards from you know centuries earlier. So each of these models in the conquistador set got names. So luckily we have three mounted, you know, named unique players that we get to use instead of, you know, for those of us who bought a bunch of conquistador mounted conquistadors, now we have something to do with them. You know, got a new Nuorto, uh Nuerto, it's that Gatling gun conquistador. Got a new pose. It looks like they they modify his bunker and so it looks like some kind of an upgrade for him. You know the big cannon that they have, the havoc cannon, where it had those three-barreled cannons. They actually created two models to come with that cannon, and they're the Pizarro brothers. And there are two dudes basically loading the cannon and firing the cannon. So that that's pretty neat. I can I could see that those coming on like a large base where they all fit on the base, uh, and then there's a new female Conquistador that rounds out the team. And then Amadeus, which is, he is the the plastic model from the original Wayward Eight that was the Jane character. where well, they now changed it. They using that sculpt because it was very ornate armor. They just moved that model, gave it a new name, and he is a Conquistador. So that model will also be in that posse set. So it's something to do with your old Wayward 8 model for Jane. So that's the Conquistador Posse set. Again, you want to hear details about each one of the new characters in those Posse sets for the Tainted Biology or the conquistador Posse, uh, go check out the Q&A video, the Facebook live post. You can actually watch the video now. Just find it in the in the Dark Council posts. Just search down in the history. The, they talk about Wild Exeter Ex- Ex- first. After that, they then show the sketches and teases of some more uh, uh, Atama. They're they're a newer version. They're a Tesla version of UR bots. So they carry a different designator. So they carry a TX designator. So the new TX design, we saw two sketches. One, just to basically sketch out of what the design looks like, you know, heavily armored. These are an upgraded version that is only being used by the Union and then some of their allies so they kind of tease her that these may eventually show up on a global scale as the Union steps into more of the wide world combat skirmishes. So that those those sketches were teased. So that should be interesting to see how they introduce those into the uh, into the Union.
1: I I think uh, if you can't find the Q and A from May fourth on the Facebook page, they did say that they were going to posted on youtube also so you can do a search on youtube for it so hey brian go over that other new teaser posse
2: so one of the one of the newer posses that stewart and uh West exodus has uh, teased us with is the philippe espinoza's bloody espinosa posse
1: i'm glad you said that because i don't know if i could (laughs) have
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so those of you who like to play the Golden Army, you know these are these are some of the Golden Army models, and uh, they've taken Philippe Espinosa. Uh, I don't know if anybody has seen or remember the beasts of war did a week of Wild West Exodus during the uh, second Kickstarter, and they teased the bloody Espinosa. Wave two hired hands. So instead of that, we're getting actual named Bloody Espinosa posses. And so this posse is a six-model posse box that Philippe Espinosa, who is a face currently, he has the uh, underboss trait, which allows him to be a boss. Um, So when his posse box comes out, he'll get a themed posse card. So you'll be able to play his themed posse. And his themed posse, uh, here's a brief read-up, is one of the most ruthless and treacherous bandits to curse the American frontier, leading the twisted Marachi band, the Bloody (laughs) Espinosa. Philippe has a dreaded reputation as a bounty hunter and a raider. The music played by his family family of liars and cutthroats is terrifyingly jarring as it accompanies them while they go about their bloody butchery. The hard-faced Jose and scarred Lucia Espinosa are never too far from their murderous older brother, while the youngest, Pedro, is content to amuse himself by playing a tune and adding to his collection of trophies cut from his victims. Viviana Espinosa was once like his brothers but found true love with the beautiful Sophia Antoinella, wanting to leave the blighted band for a new life, a fight with his brother Jose mortally wounded him. As he lay dying, his tainted soul transformed him into a drooling hex beast. His wife Sophia could not be parted from him even in this new form and nursed a shred of his former personality from the hulk of flesh and pain he had become. Now the six are united in a song of murder and mayhem that will only end in death. Man, I love the way that they've added fluff to these posses. That red, so cool. And the only thing better than that that description is the models themselves. And they've literally, it's four new models uh, to tag along with, uh, you know, Philippe and Antoinella. My favorite is the little brother, Pedro. Holy moly. He is, he looks like a classic bard. He's got a guitar that is obviously RJ uh, juiced and he's got a, his right hand playing the guitar is a robotic hand with extra long fingers so he can make sure and hit the whammy bar. It's an (laughs) awesome model. I can't (laughs) wait for this model. He's got one foot, you know, those iconic poses, he's got one foot up on a rock. Well, no, it's not a rock. It's a guitar case and it's closed on a hand. So they tease about him collecting parts and there's a hand sticking out that the, this guitar case. So yeah, no, this is going to be an awesome model. I can't wait for it. So yeah, that uh, it, it's one of many of these teasers. I don't know when it comes out. Stuart hasn't uh, given us a heads up on when more than likely because it's a new 3d render. Yeah. These guys are probably early next year, more than likely. But, uh Unless things change and they surprise us with these sooner, uh, I would expect this to be a, a little ways off.
1: Yeah, yeah, they do kind of do that. They give us these little teasers of something coming down the line that they're working on, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, it's like, oh, pre-order. <laughs> you know? right. So that was the teasers that we got coming down the pipeline. They're <laughs> always good for teasers. Uh, we have some new pre-order stuff that just popped up in the last week or so and they finally are giving people which i know people are clamoring for this the wayward eight the wayward eight is up for pre-order uh, it's all the new sculpts that they have been it seems like they've been teasing us with this forever
3: oh uh,
2: yeah pretty much um, so this was one of the first things that the war cradle began to produce uh i guess pre- production into plastic so the original goal was to have the wayward eight and the the deadly seven come out at the same time in a two-player box set but you know production they don't you know they, they they don't want those type of things to get in the way of releasing the game so because of the the you know the development of these as plastic kits it just takes longer so they they didn't want to rush it so that's when they went with the red oak box set which I think is a better way to go because all the models in that set were already tried and true. And, you know, they all already worked. So we got the, we got that two player set much faster. So the wayward eight should be similar to the deadly seven. So it would probably be a big sprue and everybody's on the sprue, you know, pretty much most of the models in that group all got either a complete revision or significant changes. And I guess the least changed would be Sun Totem, who his changes are cosmetic. I mean, his pose is pretty much the same, but he definitely has more details in his outfit, which he, he was covered in details in the first one. But now the details definitely let you know that, hey, he's a doctor and um, justifies him having sawbones as part of his you know special ability. So it should be neat really interesting but he's the least changed i think wash or hicks his is the second least but he got a completely new head and he looks way cooler with that new head you definitely uh will recognize the features who he's uh, an homage to versus his older sculpt but yeah every one of the new sculpts are looking really cool um i can't wait to get them so
3: I, I'm really looking forward to the new uh, Marcus Wayward sculpt. I never really liked the original all that much. I didn't feel like it really captured uh, the character very well. The new one is great with uh, his foot up on the treasure chest and everything. That's the one I'm really looking forward
2: to. Right. No. Yeah. That one, the new, uh, the new river looks really cool or, you know, I mean, it's just, just the whole set looks like a really good upgrade for most of those models. You know, I'm sure there's a few of us that will be buying more than one so we can, uh, you know, create all their mounted versions. At least one of us. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, hey. So, yeah, if anyone wants to send me their extra...
3: (laughs) Hey, hey
2: now.
1: (laughs) Don't go begging. (laughs) Well... (laughs) To go along with that, the pre-order for the Wayward 8, they also put up a pre-order for Hexbeast. So there is five different sculpts for basically a pack of Hexbeast. They're all disgusting looking, and I want them. Yeah, they are.
3: (laughs) They're all bulbous and pussy.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm, I'm all over that
3: um okay then
1: the things i take pleasure in what can i say (laughs) but yeah they just they're the kind of model that just they look fantastic to paint they look like they're so much fun to paint i mean you could do so many different color schemes with a model like this
2: yeah um call out to mac he actually posted a picture on the uh on Facebook of his juiced hex beast and it looked as gross and creepy (laughs) as it should. It was really cool. It really turned out great. (laughs) I think a friend of mine saw that picture on my Facebook, you know, over my shoulder during the week and was like, what is that? (laughs) 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 And that's the exact effect you want when you see one.
1: Well, they, they really, they remind me of the uh, Nurgle. You know, the way how those were just disgusting looking. Yes. And those were fun to paint, too. <laughs> oh, they remind me of,
2: of the thing. Yeah, I could see that. Especially know. now that we have the two, two hex you, dogs in that one picture.
1: You don't know, Tom? Nah, it just looks like someone threw up. <laughs> kind of sounds like you're getting ready to throw up.
2: <laughs> okay, so no one send Tom any of those Hex Beasts.
1: <laughs> so both the Hex and the Wayward 8 are, they're pre order right now, and they should start shipping the end of May, uh, May 31st. And then we should see another wave of pre orders coming up. By then. By then.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, leading in, to the end of the month, they're going to be going right into a convention, which is the the UK Expo. So basically, I, I believe we'll see something come out for that. You know, I'm, I know they're planning on making sure they have Wayward 8 sets on hand at the Expo, but I can foresee maybe even some more sets that they might have on hand for pickup at the Expo, which also means that we might be able to order them at that
1: yeah because yeah. like uh kind of going into what's new new they had uh we have we got some new terrain and for example they had the the bank was up for pre-order very short time and then you know their typical pre-order is usually a month i don't think the bank went pre-order for a month i think it went like it a- about a week yeah, yeah, it was, it was actually, <clears throat> and then all suddenly it's okay. out. So we have a bank. You can
2: pre-order it now, and they'll deliver on Saturday. It was,
1: it was, <laughs> that's what it seemed yeah. like. <laughs> so yeah, we it have was fun. Fun. new train. for the bank and what else? Do and we
2: some some more bases. So along with the bank, they were ready to roll out the new base toppers, and the the new base toppers are the Union Badlands base toppers. And uh, they similar to what they did with the red oak base toppers, these are very much the desert, you know, cracked earth bases. But they added uh, some, some of those little details like skulls and uh, different, you know, things sitting in the dust or in the dirt. And then the large base topper, if you order the large base topper kit, it comes with one large base but then it comes with scatter terrain or scatter pieces. So they're like little, you know, skull and crossbones and some little g- gadgets that you can add to bases. So it's like very neat. They did that previous uh, base topper. So it's neat to see all these little pieces of resin that you can add to uh, your bosses or whatever, your special models, bases, to make them stand out.
1: Makes them a little more unique than to you. So that was... What we have for teasers and what's up for pre-order and what's new on the site as of right now. And as we mentioned, we're bound to see some plenty of new stuff coming out pretty soon as we're getting, just getting going into the con season. You know, it's the beginning of summer, so they're starting to roll out these products with the shows coming out.
3: Speaking of going into summer uh it's a good time to maybe start looking at your leagues because they do have a some prize support uh, available the the gunslinger o p prize kit has just become available
1: yeah that looks pretty pretty sexy too i mean the the stuff that they got in that you got some poker chips and you got like what different badges that you can get right they're they're gold versions of their standard
3: poker chips which are they they just look real sharp uh and then there's some badges you get there's a bronze a silver and a gold badge you can get It's a, it's a nice little kit
1: and i think what you need to do to to basically get involved in that is just talk to your your local store because i believe that's how they're making it available is if the store contacts them they can get a hold of this kit and then uh you know you can set up a league and Don't know uh, how many weeks the league would, I I guess it's probably up to the organizer how many weeks you want to do it. I know it starts slow, uh, so basically anybody can get into it and you kind of learn as you go. So each week you're slowly building onto your posse and making it bigger and bigger. Um, Yeah, that's kind of a neat thing. I think that's a real good way to get new people into the game. And even still be fun for veterans, too. Yep, and you get a little unique little prize support out of that. Bling is always good. Indeed. Well, guys, I think that about does it for the news for this episode. I think we rambled on long enough. Let's go ahead and finish this out. (laughs) Well, hey,
2: man, it was a great conversation again, guys. You know, uh, glad we all could be here to share... You know our ramblings about Waffle Texas. Uh, it was good to chat some of these things and bring you some of the news. Can't wait to talk about Waffle Texas again later. Make sure you drop comments. You have any questions? We you want us to uh, try to get answered? Leave those in the comments. Share, share, share.
1: Yeah, uh, like you were saying when we we're talking about in our main segment with the the posse building, we want to hear your guys' feedback on our three posse lists that we made. And uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, you guys, and tune in again. Hopefully we can keep up our steam. We love doing this, and we're getting some pretty good feedback. So anyway, guys, if you guys are brainstorming and steam's coming out of your ears while you're posse building and crunching numbers and trying to fit that, that last face in your gun chamber of the posse chart, or if you're Wrapping up your extra iron horses to put in the mail and send them speedy delivery to our one and only Tom. Remember to always ride with the sun at your back and always roll those crits. Until next time, we'll uh, see you later. This is Eric saying take it easy.
2: Y'all going back now, you
1: hear? <laughs> Good night, guys. Good night. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Thanks for stopping by the Black Hoof Saloon, y'all. We hope you enjoyed your visit. Feel free to get a hold of us with comments or questions via the interweb and shoot us a telegraph at blackhoofsaloon at gmail.com or find us on the Facebook at Black Hoof WWX Podcast. Music provided for use by Ross Bugden and can be found at one of his YouTube channels, Ross Bugden Music or Ross Bugged in composer. Until your next visit, ride with the sun at your back and always roll those crits.
2: medium oval bases to outfit all of my light vehicles that need to switch. Well, that's what you get for having three of all of them. Yep. Take that. Take that.
1: <laughs> take
2: that. <laughs> Down, I did discover the downside.
1: <laughs> One of you guys want to start with what's pre-order and new? No. No? <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow sorry i'm looking at something i'm looking
1: he was very (laughs) yeah brian's very intense right now he's it was a problem we're like all right
3: we're done we're done i'm out
1: (laughs) 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 i gotta get back to the table i got a good hand (laughs) i'm always so paranoid about this thing not recording so i like check every little thing that, that's why
3: you're you're our director and sound engineer, and
2: <laughs> yep, you get all the glory. I get all the glory. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> or or you will at some point.
1: I'll just take a free meal or something, you know, free McDonald's. <laughs> I'll send you one
3: of my iron horses when I get them. <laughs>